0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 43 of The Kickabout with me, Chris, and as always, Dan and Fran are with us. Hi. It's official, guys. It's coming home. (laughs) It is coming home. But before we get into that, let's talk um, some news on the show. YouTube channel is now live, Mm. and we've had lots of people enjoying my Carolina Reaper challenge (laughs) from the other week. Um, So, yeah, and as, as promised, all the podcasts are up. Uh, including last week so the idea will be that every podcast that goes out will release at the same time on YouTube that it does um, in the audio format that I think the majority of you listen to Um, we've got some other ideas and stuff we're going to put on there Um, I've managed to get I told Dan this I managed to get LMA Manager 2007 managed to get that working the other day Um, so we're we're tempted to maybe do a little series of YouTube videos just a little glass from the past and Go back through and relive our childhoods and look yeah. at some of the names. Like I was looking at it the other day, like Alessandro Nesta. Yeah. Do you remember Canavaro? Um, um, Canavaro, D' Alessandro. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played yeah. for Pompey. Those yeah. sorts of names. No, so. I don't remember
1: any of them. Prime charisma.
0: Oh yeah, you, I mean he would probably only been about thirty-five yeah. in two thousand seven. <laughs> <wasn't he>, so. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh cool. And then uh, on Friday this week um, <laughs> for the England Scotland <laughs> game, we are doing a live stream.
2: Our first
0: one ever, so we'll be live on YouTube on our YouTube channel. We are going to do a little watch along with the England Scotland game. Um, obviously, we can't show you the game on YouTube for obvious copyright reasons, but we will set the timer in the to in see the See
2: our bottom. beautiful faces
0: exactly. <laughs> we'll set the timer on the bottom so that you can, if you wanted to, you can pause your own live TV and sort of watch it at the same time with us so you can get live reactions. Um, and we'll just chat with a drink or two and watch England game. Hopefully, we'll watch us smash the Scottish.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, right. Okay. So I think that's everything for the moment. Let's um, start the show as we always do then with this. Down the stat man.
1: My um, stat last week was about Jude Bellingham, and it's about him again because he smashed another record. Um, he became the youngest ever player to appear in a European Championship final for any nation.
0: Uh
1: huh. Um, but can you tell me who the previous record holder was?
0: Oh, man.
1: So, is, this re- is he recent? Uh, 2012. Okay. But I don't know, I mean, I was going to give you a clue. I don't know whether to give you the player name and then you tell me the nation or the nation and you tell me the player name.
0: Okay, we'll leave that to the end. Okay. we'll leave that to the end um, yeah I, I don't know whether it would be if you say nation I reckon I might get it We're not, well, no, you tell me would I get it if you give me the nation
1: I don't know how well you know your other nation players
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay alright well we'll um, uh, we'll catch up with that at the end of the show let's do a quick fantasy league update because we, we pumped this a little bit on social media over the last week or so we ended up with 53 teams in our league which is pretty mm. damn awesome that's what happens when you put a 50 quid prize on it mm. um,
1: only five managers
0: Yeah, there are a few people that have gone a bit crazy. There's three people with five teams in there. Um, So, um, yeah, we'll wait and see how it all plays out. I was a bit confused with how the transfers work, but apparently maximum of 20, up to three a day is how it works. So I've seen a lot of people changing their teams and massively overloading their teams with... One team or another's players, mm. like Italy or Netherlands, but you can only do that so much because yeah. you run out of
1: transfers. So we're only on day four, exactly.
0: So I'm thinking these people are going to peak way too early if you keep doing that. So, uh, but I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm I'm currently sitting in a nice nice eighth position there with 52 points. Nice. Where are you, Daniel? I think I'm 10th. You are 14th. Oh, I'm 14th. <laughs> You've gone down. But you doing okay? So who's at the bottom? Who's at the bottom? Oh, that's one of the ones. One with, of um, Josie Dean's 20 teams. Of- <laughs> Dan Cross 8 points well played who's he got in his team let's have a little look um,
1: Schmeichel Alba Hernandez and I mean that's not an awful team but he's picked Harry Kane didn't do much Jack Greenish didn't even play Lewandowski didn't do anything Lucas Hernandez and yeah he's a French left hand. I
0: didn't is he okay I could have sworn he, they didn't take him didn't, no yeah he's there okay.
1: he wouldn't be in the team if he was. well yeah that's very true
0: <laughs> that would be a bit horrible um, so yeah and then top of the league at the moment is Josie so Josie She's Dean bottom is and top bottom and top yeah um With 73 points. Um, At the moment, it's virtually an entire Belgium and Holland team with Kyle Walker there, (laughs) Um, who uh, obviously she ran out of transfers, maybe, I don't know. So yeah, hopefully um, that will start to fill out a bit as we get through. Um, And yeah, 50 quid for the winner. Right, let's get into why we're really here, people. Mm. It is coming home, as we know. (laughs) I mean, let's have a quick group poll to start with. We won't show our hands because this is an audio <laughs> podcast. So it won't really work. But who was surprised and a bit disappointed, maybe even angry, at that starting lineup when it was announced?
1: Yeah, hundred
2: <laughs> yeah, percent. I was, I was, I was, I was
1: fuming. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see? Um, Southgate out was the highest trending thing on Twitter. Oh man,
2: I, I mean, was fine with it.
1: Yeah, well, Adaikas Trippier was, was playing.
0: <laughs> know, team yeah.
2: The only thing that obviously I just wanted Greenish to play. The rest of it, like Foden, Mount, Happy as Larry.
0: Yeah, okay. Did
2: question Raheem, but then he turned out to be...
0: Yeah, that one the worked out quite well. I should say as well, if you can hear a whirring in the background, it is like 28 degrees in here, <laughs> So we've got a fan running, so I make no apologies for a slight background whir if you can hear it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest surprise for me was the left-back situation, because all of the conversations that we've had and that everyone seems to have been having is about who's going to play it right-back, which of the three, is he going to deploy it as a five? At no point did we think that he would actually drop one of Chilwell or Shaw um, because, you know, Chilwell's just won the Champions League. Shaw's had the best season of his career. Why on earth, especially as you're playing a four as well, you're not Mm. even playing a back five. Why on earth would you, uh, you know, drop one of
1: those two? But he did and, you know, it worked out. I mean, to start with, I'm glad he did play a four. I thought he would go with a back five. Yeah. Um, So I'm glad it showed some positivity with a back four. He said that, I think he said that he played trippy because he wanted as much experience in the team as possible.
0: Do you think that in the back of Southgate's mind he was thinking the World Cup?
1: And he, mm-hmm. was, he, he was, well, not only the free... Not the free freak, yeah. I think having players in there that sort of remember that. Yeah, because
0: maybe. it was the starting... Uh, well, the, certainly the attacking part of Croatia's lineup was, I think, virtually identical yeah. to the team that played us in the World Cup semi-final. Mm-hmm. So, granted, that was three years ago, which is, seems ridiculous to think it's mm-hmm. that long ago, um, but I wonder if he's remembering, right, that player was pretty hot. We didn't do a good job of dealing with him, let's stick Trippier on him. I think that side would have been Crammerich, I think was that side. Mm, yeah. Um But yeah, I mean, again, fair play, it worked out. And Sterling was the other big inclusion. I think most people I think had a s- I think everybody wanted Grealish to start, but everyone expected Sterling yeah. to start. I think that's the easiest way to yeah. say it, because everyone knew that Sterling is is liked by Southgate and I think everyone accepted that chances mm. are he was going to play, but it didn't make the reaction to the selection any better. Um, but fair play to Sterling, I thought he played very, very well.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, every sort of shot that Southgate went with came off, to be honest. Yeah. Every position that everybody probably criticised um, came off. The only one I'd say that wasn't great was Carl Walker.
0: Yes, I yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but I mean, for Sterling, it's his first goal in a major tournament for England, which is quite surprising. Yeah, this yeah. is his third major tournament, I believe, for England. I thought he
1: scored at the World Cup.
0: No, he—he—he he, he was one of England's best players in the World Cup. Mm. I thought his work rate and everything else. But yeah, he didn't actually score. Um, and I felt like he was—he looked a, a very different player to what we saw at Man City towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, and there was something I saw that alluded to the fact that actually. Sterling had said there was a reason, there were other or there were many reasons why he wasn't scoring at Man City. And I don't know whether he was alluding to, you know, like he's not happy at City or whether he he doesn't like the rotation.
2: Did he fall out with Pitt?
1: Yeah, I mean, some players, not saying that he is one of them, but some players are better in a national shirt than a club shirt. And some players are so much better in a club shirt than a national shirt. It's just the way it works sometimes. I guess with different setups and stuff, isn't it? Different tactics. Um, but I mean, Pickford's obviously one of those players that's much better in an international shirt than he is in a club shirt.
0: Mm, yeah, no, I agree. Um, obviously, a bit a bit of revenge on the cards. How would you describe the performance of England? Um, because you know, even what we waxed on, we'll talk about people like Calvin Phillips in a minute, but. It felt to me like it wasn't really a particularly brilliant display no, for me. Really. It was
1: just very start, professional.
2: I feel like the start was quite good. The first, like, 20 minutes, we were already going for
1: it. If I were to describe it, I would say job done. Yeah, professional. Yeah, I wouldn't say, you know, it didn't keep me on the edge of my seat type thing. I mean, there were a couple of moments when Foden hit the post early on yeah. um, and stuff like that. But, I mean, Harry Kane, I wouldn't have even known he was playing.
0: No. We have a quick word on Foden in his haircut. Do we like the Gazza look? Yeah,
1: Love I it. think <laughs> it. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know why he's done it, just for all the media.
1: Huh? Yeah, but I mean, he's obviously got a lot of confidence going into the tournament, which is great. So Yeah, no. Um,
0: so, but, I mean, in terms of the actual result, you say it's job done. I mean, it's for the implications, it's the first time England have actually won an opening match at the yeah. European tournament. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's therefore, it's effectively the
1: first time that we're not really chasing the other group games. No. Mm. Um, Especially with three teams going through now.
2: But we don't actually
1: want to win the group, do we? Well, I don't know. But Before you do, I was but thinking. Considering- if, Ideally, we would want to come second. If you're thinking tactically. Yeah, I'm if you sure, think yeah. tactically, you probably want to come second. But for me now, like because when I think back to the World Cup, all that's in my head is that we played two tough teams and we lost three times. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's saying, oh, you know, we got to the semi-final. I'm like, yeah, but we didn't play anyone. So if we're going to go far in this tournament, I'd like to be able to say, well, we knocked out Spain or yeah. G- Germany or something like that. And
0: the thing is with the Euros is that it does condense the, all the good teams very, very quickly yeah. once you get yeah. into the knockout yeah. stages. Yeah. Um, and the very fact that we've got that ridiculous group of death with Portugal, France, and uh, Germany. Mm. Germany just shows you how many great teams there are, yeah. and the way that the groups have worked out. Um, so it would be very easy to say, "Yeah, let's take second place and let's go and play someone maybe like Sweden from from their group." But even if we win that game, then you know we've got say, three games against probably very very yeah. big opposition, unless they get surprised by another team. And so I think
1: if we win our group we play more games at Wembley which is obviously a, a positive factor
0: and home advantage i mean has been proven down the down the years 1966 mm-hmm. and 1996 yeah both home tournaments where we really performed so if we can
1: keep the games at home and i absolutely. mean the russian world cup russia got to the semi-finals yeah um, uh, south korea japan yeah. they got to the finals. south africa got out of their group which they never usually do yeah well they don't
0: even get to the world cup usually <laughs> okay. so um so yeah it's to 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 not chase the game it takes the pressure off or sorry to not chase the group it takes the pressure off the following games against scotland and czech republic um and actually now you would argue that the biggest crunch game and i'm very much making an assumption here that england in theory should now be pretty comfortable in the rest of this group we'd only need to win one of our last two games um to make sure we
1: go through so the big game really is probably Czech Republic against Croatia they look very good against um, Scotland actually and they're a very tall team as well and a a very physical team set pieces
0: they're going to be very strong Um, but Croatia obviously I can't see
1: Trippier playing in that game because he's very short Reese James would be in for that. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah.
2: not pick on
1: it.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean Croatia, they came into the tournament with quite a poor record. I think they'd only won two from their last nine. Uh, but they are historically a team that usually turns up at a big tournament. Mm-hmm. But now they're up against it because if they don't win that game, then they are—they have to beat Scotland in their last game or whenever they play them. Mm. I'm not sure if it's, if it's next or not. Uh, yes, I guess it would be because we've got Scotland next. Yeah, tough, um, so yeah, Croatia would have to then beat Scotland's. And that would only give them four points, mm. which means that you know that's not a guarantee to go through. I know you said that third places go through, but not all of them. No, two two of the of eight. Four out of six. Uh, I think it's. I it's thought there was more than that. I thought four. it was six out of the eight. How many groups are there?
1: Is there eight groups? I thought Because we're going
0: should... to a last sixteen, right? So we need sixteen. Maybe
1: it's six out
0: of eight then. There's uh... six, six groups, which means the top the top twelve go through. So then it would be four. Then you're right.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't get very four good from, signal in there. We'll say four from the <laughs> six. We'll double check a bit. about half the, hour
1: when it loads.
0: No, the, I mean, the, the point I'm trying to make is, is that it's not all of the third-place teams that go no, through, whether no. it's four or whether it's six. Um, and four points, that's not going to be a guarantee to go through. It'll be close, but it's not so a guarantee. Four or six. Four or six, there we go. Um, so, yeah, massive pressure on them, and as World Cup finalists as well. Um, so let's go back to the game itself. Um obviously the, the plaudits have mainly been aimed at Calvin Phillips um, mm-hmm. one of the most inexperienced players in the team what did you mm-hmm. rate of his what did you make of his performance
1: yeah like they said the Yorkshire Perlow Yorkshire Perlow yeah, I mean yeah. I expected both of them to because to me when I first saw that team I thought it was going to be two players that sit in front of the defence yeah, and would be quite negative but I mean he spent more time I mean he was further up than Harry Kane a lot of the time mm-hmm.
0: yeah well Harry Kane started to come a lot deeper when he mm. wasn't getting the ball um, but, yeah, I mean, it, I, keep, I keep thinking back to the whole Lampard-Gerrard argument of years ago where they kept saying, can they play together? Mm. And that criticism or that argument has been thrown at Rice and Phillips
1: yeah.
0: uh, in the short time that uh, Phillips has been in the team because everyone's like, oh, they're too similar, they play the same way, they can't play together. Yeah. Well, this proves they can mm. because whether it was a deliberate ploy from Southgate, um, as you say, Phillips played a lot further up, mm. um, still covered the ground defensively, he wasn't caught out of position, Um, But it really worked. Rice held the line pretty well, did a fairly understated but good performance, I thought. But, yeah, Phillips going forward, I mean, he just kept finding those gaps. He was also playing like a number 10 sometimes. And he was
1: getting involved in everything, every tackle, every pass that go through. He was our most dangerous man, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I think so. The only
1: thing I would say is, does Henderson get back in that team when he's fit? No.
0: I think it goes back to this loyalty thing with Southgate, because... If Phillips and Rice continue to perform like that, they're clearly the future mm. um, of the England team. I and think it'd be good to
1: build a partnership.
0: Absolutely. And I think that Henderson is not getting any younger. He's done a fantastic job for club and country over the last few years. But I think there must come a point in Southgate's mind where loyalty has to come out of the equation. Mm. You can't keep saying to, yeah, but I trust him. It's like, well, yeah, yeah but you've got two players that have just played large parts of a European tournament. Um, But it depends what he does because Henderson is fit to play. He's not fit to play 90 minutes, I would doubt. And questions remain over his match sharpness. But... There's, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if he rung the changes against Scotland for example in the next game yeah. and it wouldn't surprise me to see Henderson in there for Phillips which would be ridiculous for me I think mm. Phillips has to start but it wouldn't surprise me if he did, did drop him
1: maybe just stick to his card tricks and quizzes
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man that was funny uh, but yeah I mean with, with the Scotland game coming up I do feel like he will ring the changes though I can see I
1: think he will switch it I think Grealish will play
0: I think Grealish um, will play over. St- it'd be weird because I think Grealish will play over Sterling
1: I feel like he'll bring on Rashford for Foden. I don't think he like he wants to have both Foden and Grealish in the same team because they're both similar players. I think he wants... Because you've got Rashford and Sterling. Because he wants an out-and-out winger yeah, to I run Yeah, I think them. he wants a winger to get in behind, like a Rashford or a Sterling, and then a playmaker like a Foden or Grealish. I don't think he'll play both in the same team.
0: Yeah, so do you think that he would therefore drop both of them? Do you think? Because I'm not sure in the long term how...
1: I mean, I'll get to the point... Yeah, I mean, you need to build momentum. You can't keep swapping, you know, the the full sort of 11 every game. Yeah. You need to be trying to build a team. So ideally, you'd go out with potentially the same team, but then you can't leave Grealish and that on the bench. Um, it, I think in everybody's mind, everybody wants to see Grealish, Kane and Foden. Yeah. I just don't think he will go with those three because they're, well, those two, because they're quite similar. Yeah. I think he wants that player that will get in behind, especially... With the fact that Harry Kane constantly drops so deep, there's never anybody in behind. Do you think the midfield three is
0: pretty set, though? Do you think Phillips, Rice and Mount is the way forward? I can't
1: see anybody getting him ahead of them, to be honest. No.
0: Um, And then what about defensively? I mean, I actually, you know, we raised question marks about Tyrone Mings. Mm. and I actually thought he was pretty good. Um, Mm. John Stones looked okay. I think if Rice and Phillips can continue to play the way that they are, having that blockade in front of them is actually going to massively help them because it will take the pressure off yeah. Them.
1: Anything, was, just yeah well Sue Fow was very good at getting up and putting crosses in for um Czech Republic and shit got on the head of almost all of them. So we'd need a a defensive left back. I don't know whether you would go with Trippier again for that or whether you would go for like a Luke Shaw or Ben Chilwell.
0: It depends who he thinks is more more disciplined. Mm. Um, I feel like
1: I don't think it'd be Luke Shaw. I
0: feel like it'll he gets be Chilwell. Yeah. It would be Chilwell, I think. Um, he didn't
2: even make the squad. No,
0: well, I was quite surprised at that. It's really yeah. strange. I feel like Luke Shaw is a, uh, is better going forward than Chilwell overall. I know they've mm. got we said this last week, they've got better qualities or they've got differing qualities, but I think as an overall package I think Chilwell is a better defender and Shaw is a better
1: mm. um his better going forward. Um so, yeah, but I think Reshabes might come in for Walker. I would hope so. And then, I don't know what's happening with Aguirre, but if he's slowly getting fit, maybe in for Mings, although Mings didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I just feel like he's got a mistake in him that could cost us a penalty or something yeah. like that.
0: The thing is, I mean, it's been a long season in the Premier League for everybody, really, not just the Premier League, around Europe. And I feel like if he starts rotating a bit, you've got two ends of the, uh, two ends of the scale here because you've got the, the fact that the players will believe that they've got a role to play, um, they will be sitting there thinking, right, it's not just his favourite eleven, and I'm only, I'm only going to play if someone mm. gets injured. They'll be thinking, right, there will come a time where there's a certain scenario that Southgate's played out and he'll, he'll want me to do the job, mm. Um, mm. which quite clearly was proven with Trippier playing left-back over Chilwell Short. But on the other side of the coin, as you said earlier, is the fact that if you do continually rotate the team, yes, you're keeping them fresh but you're running the risk of not building those partnerships. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, it works for a team like Guardiola because they train and play every day of the week. Yeah. But when you don't, when they're not, you know, in the same squad and training together all the time, I'm yeah. not sure that it works. So
1: I don't think we've ever really had this problem before as a nation, like so many good players on the bench. It's a struggle. Because it? I don't really see where <laughs> Jadon Sancho gets in the team. Well,
2: he didn't, did he? Didn't he no,
1: but it? that's what I mean. I don't know, unless you just play him to give him some game well, time. I can't who, really... Out
2: of the starting eleven who... Do you think we'll be in the starting eleven again on Friday?
1: Well, I don't know if he'll rotate the. What I would do is rotate like your your Foden and Grealish and your Sterling and Rashford, and then I would just swap those two yeah. over.
0: I think for, yeah, full-backs and two wide players. I think they're the ones that will change. Mm. I think everybody else will stay the same. Um, with the possible, I would suggest so if we beat Scotland, and I would hope that we do. With no no disrespect to Scotland, but mm. I would hope that we would get past them. That would put us on six points. That basically guarantees top of the top of yeah. the group.
1: I would think that he would then ring the changes in their third group game. I would probably put someone like Harry Maguire in, try and get him some match fitness. Maybe Henderson, try and get him some match fitness. Yeah. Um, but I would like to see those sort of players just as like a coming in to get some match fitness, not as like they're going to be... Although I'd like to see Maguire... Not as a, not as a big yeah, team. Yeah, I think Maguire like. potentially should be, you know, as we go through the last stages, hopefully integrate into the team and Maybe get a first-team spot, but...
0: If if Maguire is only... Let's say we're going to meet the quarterfinals, Maguire becomes fully fit in the quarterfinals. If Mings and Stones have been doing well, do you throw Maguire in over one of those when he gets to get the quarterfinals? I mean, if Mings...
1: It's tough, because... Who would you trust more against, like, a, a Spain or a France or a Germany? Would you trust Tyrone Mings, or would you go with Harry Maguire?
0: I know what you mean, but I think it would be... You would need... It's, Bollock, it's, I think it would, would be need, a big call, Yeah, you'd need bollocks Mings, bigger than what South is currently is playing
1: got. well and you take him out and then we lose, they would say, well, why did you take Mings out? Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, if you don't swap him over and Mings has a bad game, you say, well, why didn't you swap him out? I don't out? Think so, John
2: Stones
1: I don't know. I, I think, think John Stones would... would be in the team for the entire... Unless he, you know, for the game against... Say we would win against Scotland, and then he just plays Ben White and Harry Maguire or something for yeah. the Czech Republic game. I don't know. No, but... yeah,
0: I think so. Um, right, OK.
1: Um,
0: and then final question. You know, I think we... I certainly was doing the traditional England fan thing of being a little negative going into this tournament of thinking that England might uh, really struggle. I, I, could, I honestly saw them flopping quite hard, if I'm being honest. Mm. Um, the professional way in which we did the job on Sunday gives me hope for the tournament. I don't still think that we'll get very deep in the tournament, but I'd like to think that if we can maintain that level of professionalism and, and up the quality a little bit, that we can mm. do something. Uh, what about you guys? Is it, has that performance on Sunday changed your outlook of what you think England are going to do? Um,
1: not really. That Croatia team were quite an Asian team. Do you remember team. any of it? No, not really. I, oh, yeah, I had to re the game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Would you like to explain to our viewers what you were, what you were doing on Sunday, Dan?
1: Uh, being very sick.
0: <laughs> and what was the cause of that sickness, Dan? A-
1: alcohol consumption. Alcohol consumption. Okay. I had a mild case of amnesia. <laughs> All I can remember is celebrating the goal. And that is it. I had to re-watch the game to actually know what happened. That's
0: dedication. Yeah. I'd also like to say there was severe dedication going on today because Dan was meant to be working today at my dad's house and he sent, he sent me a picture at about three o'clock this afternoon with a picture of my dad's telly because he was putting his feet up eating a sandwich that my mum had made for him watching the Scotland game. So we put that, we put that down to work expenses and just a bit of research. Research. So, right. Okay, let's move on then and just talk uh, a little bit about some of the other stuff that went on of the weekend. Now... It was a, a great weekend for football fans with the Euro starting. You know, everyone loves a good summer international tournament. But there were two very sad stories over the weekend. Um, the first, I feel like, somewhat got lost in the news as a result of what happened to Christian Eriksen, which we'll get to in a second. But there was an England fan who actually fell from oh, the yeah. stands yeah. at Wembley. Uh, obviously, they were running at a massively reduced capacity of about eighteen or 19,000. Um, I'll be honest not a great deal isn't, seems to be known about the incident mm. so we don't know any details about the person involved we don't know the severity of the injury other than that it's, it's quite serious they were treated at the scene and then taken to hospital but that is all we know at this stage so we, we, we wish whoever it is the very best but it does sound like when, when you hear someone has fallen you immediately start thinking, shit. Have they fallen from one tier to yeah, another? Yeah, you
1: don't know how yeah. far they've fallen, do you? Um,
0: really? So I do hope that uh, that has a positive outcome. And then, of course, the the very distressing scenes between in the game between Chris uh, between Denmark, sorry, and Finland involving Christian Ericsson. Um You know, we've now learned that it was a cardiac arrest that he suffered. Um, he was effectively lifeless on the pitch before um, he was resuscitated and taken to hospital where he now is stable and alert and making jokes apparently. And, you know, he seems to be very positive. Um, and now the, the, the investigations will begin as to how it happened. Um, but you guys obviously saw it live. I only, I only caught the it because I was traveling at the time and mm-hmm. uh, I had to watch it on the highlights at which point nothing was really shown. So, um, it was it was difficult I was going based off clips people were sending me on WhatsApp and stuff um, not that I really wanted to see it I'll be no. honest but um, you guys saw it live so describe what, what it was like watching that live
1: well I mean I, Fran was upstairs at the time and I was I was watching the game and the, I mean Denmark had a throw in Ericsson had just had a shot I think and then Denmark had a throw in and he sort of like stumbled towards the ball the ball hit his knee and then he just fell to the floor and it was a bit the game sort of moved on and then they sort of came back and were like oh Actually, this is quite serious. Yeah, and it always
0: ref- looked like the players went, oh shit, is he? Yeah. Is he is all right? And then it was the dawn on everybody... Yeah, here.
1: it sort of looked like he was having a fit on the floor. Um, and then the medics came sprinting over and obviously the players didn't look... They looked quite distressed. Um, but then I called Fran down and... We were I was like,
2: rewind it. <laughs> yeah, I what rewound
1: happened? it. And for a while we were just sat there thinking, are we about to watch Ericsson just die on the yeah. pitch?
0: I think that was what it was. I think everyone... It, it, sometimes you, you just you just don't expect this sort of thing to happen. So when it does happen, you just kind of brush it off. as, mm. like, oh, you'll get up in a minute, it'll be fine. I mean, yeah. Maybe a bit of heat exhaustion or something mm. like that. Yeah. And then the longer it went on, the worse it quite visibly became. It was a long
1: time as well. It was a good 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But-
0: um, so, yeah, it was very difficult to watch. There has been an awful lot of criticism regarding the, the coverage from the media. Um, now i i personally do think they should have cut away i think they they were far too focused on it for too long a time
2: yeah um, I be, it's a tricky one though isn't it because part of it there, there is a selfish part yeah of i mean of part of me
1: did human want was happening yeah but i mean well you were saying that they had they couldn't sort of go back to the studio this that and the other and they you know they couldn't find another sort of camera to focus on but it's interesting when there's a streaker on the pitch, they manage to instantly yeah. move away. They could have played a
2: vignette or something, they could literally just focus on the fans. But then you forget at the time, like watching it, it's it's horrible to say, but watching it, I wasn't like you should peel away now because Yeah, I mean, I, was I kind of wanted so, to know that he
1: would be okay. I mean, that's so. the thing,
0: isn't it? You, you you carry on watching, not because you're desperate to, to watch the distressing yeah. scenes, you just you want vindication to see that he's okay. Mm. Um and it, I look at the way, I mean, I'm, I'm a big motorsport fan and when there's, I mean, I, I know that they they deal with this on a lot more regular basis, especially in something like the MotoGP. Mm. When there's a large accident, I mean, anybody that watched Formula One will remember what happened to Grosjean at the end of last season where he smashed into a barrier about 170 miles an hour, the car ripped in two, and then burst into flames. And the cameras were, were on it for, for, a, for a moment, but only when you saw Grosjean getting out. Um, and for one, as a general rule, or most was a general rule, they will not show. You might see the immediate aftermath, like the actual, like the wreck of the car. Mm. But as soon as it becomes obvious that there's a real injury concern, they pan away and they will not show you a replay mm. until it's confirmed that the driver's okay. If the, if the driver's not okay, to the best of my knowledge, they just won't show the replay. Yeah. And going back to your point about the streaker, if you think back to some of the horrific leg breaks mm. in football. Once it becomes apparent that there is a serious leg break, they don't zoom in on no, the injury. They don't, no. you know, try and find his wife in the crowd or anything like that. No, They'll no. pan away. And, you, and they don't even show it on Match of the Day normally no, no. in the highlights. No. So it, it amazes me that they was. I know the pictures come from UEFA or UEFA-approved people. The BBC absolutely, or somebody at the BBC absolutely had the power mm. to switch that transmission off, mm. cut to highlights of the game, maybe highlights of yesterday's games or whatever it might have been. Um, but they just didn't. They just kept rolling and rolling. And, you know, the, the, the scenes that we saw with Erickson's wife, um, mm. you know, he's got two young children. Um, we saw the players in tears. They were trying to – the thing that got me the most was they tried to form that human wall.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: And you can see they were in absolute pieces. And you think, well, they've done the human wall because they don't want you to see and yet the camera is trying to zoom in between their legs and at that point that's when you see the guy get on Ericsson's chest rip his shirt open and start chest compressions Mm -hmm. it's like this isn't a fucking episode of casualty. No. Like, turn it off. Nice. We don't need to yeah. see this. Yeah. Um, but as you say, it's human nature. We want. We, part of us is curious to see it. In the same, which is the same reason why everyone slows down on a motorway to look at mm-hmm. an accident on the other yeah. side. Yeah. I think
1: really
2: I'm desperate to know that he was alive.
1: I think it's even more obviously. It's terrible, no matter who it happens to. But it's when it's someone you've watched in the Premier League and you know the player, because obviously yeah. it happened to that Ajax player um, a while ago, the youngster that yeah. ended up getting brain damage. But yeah. although it's very bad you don't sort of know the player well, no, you've you got no connection of, with it. yeah you just hear about it in the news but when you're watching a player like Christian Eriksen that you've watched in the Premier League it seems almost more real
0: no that's absolutely true I mean I, I do feel really sorry for his wife because I think what she was going through um, and fair play to Kasper Schmeichel I mean to think what that guy's gone through the last mm. few years with what happened at the Leicester City's owners that guy is an absolute leader. If if we ever go to war, <laughs> he is leading the charge. I want him as my team captain because that guy just
1: You think he would be in the British army. <laughs> oh,
0: we'll recruit him. He must have English parentage or somewhere down the line, lineage. Um but I mean the point I make that he he's he was so forthcoming with the Leicester City stuff. I think he was very pivotal in helping the players get through that. And quite clearly he would have been hurting from this, but you see the way he was acting with the players, he was consoling the players, he went over to Ericsson's yeah. wife and consulted mm-hmm. her so did
1: the uh, Danish captain uh, apparently he pulled out Ericsson's tongue His to tongue. stop him swallowing it
0: yeah incredible
2: he was like the, he, he was right next to him, mm. him? Yeah.
0: so okay um, so I think we've covered that w- what about the decision to restart the game because that's caused a bit on. of uproar as Christian, well
2: Christian if you're listening
0: yeah, we'll, see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send. We'll send him a link to the podcast, yeah. and we'll let him know that we're thinking of subtitles. <laughs> um, <Saptotals. yeah. laughs> so, yeah, what, what do we think about the decision to to restart the game? Because this has caused a lot of talk as I well. I was
1: very surprised they restarted it, um, because that I, I mean, I was just I just had BBC on because um, I had been watching the game, and I can't remember what was on it. I had Chris Kamara on it, so that was the only reason I was watching it. And then all of a sudden, it just cut away, and it went back to uh garen Ineker in the studio saying in five minutes they were restarting the game and i was like oh it's different
0: yeah i mean initially when i saw that um we were obviously we're part of one or two group messages on mm. whatsapp and, and people were saying why are they restarting they shouldn't need to the denmark players not in the right frame of mind and my understand. my thinking was was like well they must have been spoken to they must have agreed to this mm. um, and as it transpires Um, They apparently FaceTimed Ericsson at the hospital, who was adamant that they should carry on playing. Um, And now it comes out from Peter Schmeichel, Kaskel Schmeichel's father, that UEFA basically gave them three options, which was to either play the game now, play the game the day after, or take a 3-0 loss. Mm. So realistically, Denmark were pretty... Their options were pretty crap. I do kind of get,
2: I think, why they played it because their headspace would not have been any better the next day no it probably would have been worse
1: they probably wouldn't have slept very well no Um, and I mean it is bad on UEFA to say those sort of three options but at the same time I mean they couldn't just sort of cancel the whole tournament and they couldn't say oh we give you a week off no because it would have put the whole tournament out of link
0: I think it would have been very different obviously if Christian Eriksen had passed away mm. that would have been very different I could, I, could, yeah. I could definitely see a situation Denmark pulling out of the yeah oh yeah and
1: you happened. wouldn't blame them to be honest no
0: um, but I just I, we were talking before we came on air about whether that is coming back to play was an advantage or a disadvantage mm. for Denmark and as you said it's so easy to spin that story either way um, but For me, I just think, you know, they've expended so much emotional energy. They must be mentally drained having watched one of their friends almost die in front of their very eyes to then come back and try and refocus on the game and be mentally tough enough to go again. Yeah, well, I mean, Denmark were clearly
1: in front uh, before the incident happened. And then, obviously, they went on to lose the game. And I didn't like that the commentators were saying Schmeichel would have saved it in normal circumstances and... Yeah, yeah, people coming out stupid. and saying, oh, they shouldn't have played it because they probably would have won the game, this, that, and the other. I don't really think that's fair on Finland because it's not as if, you know, they had a gun to their head and were forced to play. They Both teams did agree. And like I said to you, if Denmark had gone on to win it, they would have said they did it for Ericsson, this, that, and the other. So for them to go out and lose, which, don't get me wrong, I'm sure it did have an impact on how they played and they probably were drained, but you can't really take it away from Finland and start no. playing the blame game.
2: But they were kind of forced to play. Yes and no? And what? What like? In what world are you going to take a 3 0
1: No, but they could have played the if, day if, after. If they
0: yeah, took, but the yeah, but as you said, I think that as you, I think that would have been worse as it well. It would have been worse. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Or I suppose you could argue that right. He's he's alive. He's fine. He's he's okay. Maybe that would have settled them enough that they could have got mm. a, a decent night's sleep. Um, given the options they had to them, I think that it was the best of the three.
1: Um, but, yeah,
2: I mean, potentially they are still running high on adrenaline, weren't they? It's
1: a tough course. situation round. I mean, it's not like there would have been plans in place for someone to have a heart attack and, you know, what do we do after that? I if mean, he
2: had have died, would the whole tournament have been cancelled? I don't think so. I don't I
1: think feel the like, tournament would have been cancelled, nah, I think. I feel like what Chris said, Denmark probably would have said, we're not going to continue. Yeah, I think Denmark would have pulled out
0: yeah. in sort of, almost in his honour, if mm. you like. Um, yeah, I, I think there would have been... Lots of you know uh, memorials and stuff before games, which is you know which would have been understandable. Yeah.
1: And in f- fairness to Finland, they didn't celebrate their goal. I mean, they celebrated a little bit, but the bloke that scored, you know, he, he just sort of ran to the fans. He didn't do anything.
0: Yeah, I, you do have to, within reason, spare a thought for Finland because this is their first major Europe major tournament. Yeah, their first game they've ever played, it's their first goal they've ever scored, the first time they've won in a major tournament and the whole thing has been it's overshadowed a bit of a clamp, they won't right? care this won't matter to anybody in Finland they will be far more concerned with the safety of Eriksson, and mm. rightly so but part of me thinks that that was such a historic moment for their country that now is remembered for unfortunately the wrong reasons, Ooh, wrong reasons yeah. um, so it's, it's, it is a shame for them but hopefully Finland can because um, I thought they looked okay in their game yeah. so maybe they can, they can still get another result in the group stages and then you know, take some special memories away without it being tainted by what happened to Christian Eriksen.
1: Uh, I mean, like we say, three teams go through, so I'm sure Denmark have still got plenty of time to become that second their or third best team. Yeah, if I'm honest, I don't know
0: huge amounts about the Denmark team, but he'll be one of the few, best players.
1: Yeah, Castro is obviously probably well, one of their best yeah. players. Hoiberg's in the team. Hoiberg. Uh, Great <laughs> yeah. right
2: player. Yeah,
1: missed a penalty though. He, he did, yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think we should first of all say. Yeah, Ericsson we wish him a very speedy recovery. Um, but also, we should take our hats off to Anson Taylor, English referee. His first game at a major tournament, and he was very quick to react, recognise the danger, um, and obviously the medics came on and did their thing. So you know, massive, well done to to everybody involved in, mm. and in saving his life. Because we've seen, as you said, the IX player we've had Fabrice Nwamba, who was effectively dead for was it over an hour? It yeah. sort was of stupid. Yeah. So um it is it is amazing that we can we can do this and bring people back to life so fingers crossed for a full and speedy recovery whether he plays football again is another question but i'm sure that that's not at the forefront of his mind right now i'm yeah. sure he's just happy to be alive and happy to be able to see his family so right okay we will head to a break when we come back we will talk uh, more euro 2020 and we'll do some tracks for stories see you in a minute everybody and welcome back to the show um so before we get on to some more euro 2020 chat the i believe the transfer window has now officially opened it is
1: officially open yeah so we've started bidding the pennies for Sancho.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so on that note let's uh, let's go <laughs> to some transfer stories dan
1: um so this one i thought was quite interesting leicester are plotting a move for barcelona's philip coutinho Ooh. 17 million Are you kidding?
0: (laughs) 17 million? How much did Barcelona buy him for?
1: 150
0: or something (laughs) like (laughs) that.
1: Fucking hell. I don't know if they'll get a swift middle finger back or...
0: (laughs) That is some incredible business. It's no wonder they're a billion dollars in debt where it is. Oh, my word. I mean, if they get Coutinho for 17 million, that's got to be one of the bargains of the century. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate right now, anyway, he's not the player he was when he left Liverpool.
1: No, and Barcelona seem... Should be trying to do everything to get rid of him, don't they? I mean, they loaned him to Bayern for two years, I think.
0: Uh, was it two years? I think yeah, it was two seasons. Might have been, yeah, but uh, and he still and, and he was good at Bayern Munich. I know he didn't play that mm. regularly, but seeing him in the Champions League, he still clearly got it. And I yeah. think going to a team like Leicester under Brendan Rodgers, who plays that quite nice, attractive football, I think he could be massive for them.
1: Twenty nine, though, would that be a step, a big step down, or? The problem is with with
0: Coutinho is that. If it's what if it's seventeen million, I'd be amazed if another big team doesn't try their luck with him. Mm. Um, but he, it depends what he sees it as. I mean, Leicester are they've been so close to the Champions League for two years in a row. He went to Liverpool when they weren't anywhere near the Champions League. Um, from memory, I could be I could be lying on that. Um, I don't think it's a bigger step down as you might think. I appreciate Barcelona, so anywhere you go is mm. going to be either sideways or a step down in most cases. So. I don't know. I think Leicester are a team on the up. Their recruitment policy is, is, is amazing. Um, wages
1: he must be on at Barcelona, though. He must be taking a big old pay cut if he goes to Leicester.
0: Um, unless Barcelona are so happy to get rid of him that they pay a chunk of his wage. Yeah, uh, that sort I mean, of, that of deal has been, been done before.
1: For a, for a team in a lot of debt as well.
0: Well, I mean, depending on what he's on. I mean, if, Let's say he's on, I don't know, 200K. If they get him off their wage bill, get 17 million and get him off their wage bill for 100K, mm. that's, still, you know, that's still... a, a I suppose a good piece of business from their debt point of view not so much from the uh, profit and loss point of view on the player himself but yeah um, and you know they, they've just signed Aguero I don't know what, what sort of wages he'll be on but it won't yeah, be cheap no so yeah, obviously, the, obviously they've got a good relationship with the bank's managers out there <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, moving on this one's more of a manager one and I think one we all, we've all seen coming for a while but it's uh, Tottenham set to appoint former Roma boss Paolo Francesca This is Seca. I don't know how to pronounce his name. This is
0: amazing. This is a job swap with Jose Mourinho. Yeah, strange, isn't it? You could
1: not make um, some crap in their jobs, and both got jobs at the opposite teams. Yeah,
0: and this is a guy who got his team kicked out of the Italian Cup because he made six subs. (laughs) So he seems like the perfect fit for Spurs. Some of the Spursy things that goes on. I know it's a bit of a meme, but uh, yeah, I mean, given that they were heavily linked with Poch, that they were linked with Conte. I can't see Spurs fans being
1: massively pleased no. about this prospect. No, I'm surprised they didn't go for the Santo Wolves, ex-Wolves boss. Actually,
0: I am as well because I think he's got something about him, and I think yeah. he deserves an opportunity. And I don't think Spurs would have been—they wouldn't have been over the moon about it—but I think they no. would have been considered But enough he's to into say, building yeah, we'll projects
1: and stuff like that, which is what I believe Daniel Levy likes. He likes to sort of—and
0: frankly, is what Spurs need. Yeah, <laughs> um, mm. they don't have the squad anymore to be instant success. They need to no. build again. Um, so yeah, I mean, time will tell. We've we've seen you know unknown managers before coming and do amazing jobs. I mean, Poch did at Southampton. Mm. So yeah, well, give the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure Spurs fans will,
1: but yeah, um, new Real Madrid manager Carlo Ancelotti has asked the club's bosses to make a move for Timo Werner. Somebody, although he was in the Premier League, didn't watch any Chelsea. I was going to say he clearly wasn't watching Match <laughs> of the Day every week, was he?
0: Um, I mean, that said. If he goes to a team like Real Madrid, he is going to be playing in a, frankly, a worse quality league. Mm. So he may well end up becoming the striker that he was at Germany. Yeah, mm. um, it's a surprising one. I will give you that. But maybe he thinks he can get one a cut price. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Chelsea are just trying to take some cash and then maybe go for like a Kane or a Haaland, Maybe.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not convinced that one not happen. I'd be.
1: No.
0: I would be more. I would think he would go more Richarlison
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Than, than Werner. Um, he knows him, he knows his work rate, he knows his work ethic. Is Richarlison good enough for Real Madrid? That's a different question.
1: Are Real Madrid any good at the moment? This is
0: true. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't see that one happening, to be honest.
1: Uh, Chelsea have made an improved offer for Inter Milan's 22-year-old Hakimi.
0: So this is the left-back, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, apparently it's £43 million cash cash plus Emerson Palmeira who's one of their players that gets loaned out every single season I think Yeah.
0: Um, this is kind of interesting this one because you've already got Alonso you've got Chilwell mm. um,
1: I think he's a right back Um. yeah I believe he's a right back so that'd be Rhys James competition and
0: Aspericueta yeah mm.
1: Aspericueta's not getting any
0: younger in fairness is mm. not universally liked at Chelsea by the fans not sure whether Tuchel likes him or not um I mean, they're in the Champions League again, they just obviously just won it. Um if Tuchel's thinking about, you know, I just need to I need more depth in my squad, then you know, maybe it seems a lot of money to spend mm. um, when they're chasing supposedly chasing Haaland.
1: Yeah. Forty three um, million's a lot. I mean, I know we spent a lot on Wan Bissaka, but it's a lot for a, a right back, isn't it? When you'd probably say the one position they're missing is a striker, a clinical yeah, it, striker
0: it, Yeah, a fullback doesn't strike me. I mean, Chelsea fans may disagree with me, but a fullback doesn't Strike me as a position that Chelsea desperately no. need to fill. I would say they need a striker, maybe another centre back. Yeah. Um, Especially Tiago the Yeah, of Thiago and... not getting any younger. Uh, I know Christiansen and Zuma can do a job, but are they a defensive pairing that's going to win you a league if Tiago's not around? Yeah. Probably
1: not. Um, West Ham Southampton and AC Milan are in contention to sign 24 year old Junior Thurpo from Barcelona this is another fullback isn't it, it is. this is a left back so one of the positions that West Ham need
0: to fill absolutely need to fill is another left back um, I rate Quezrel, I know a lot of West Ham fans don't mm. um, I think generally speaking everybody knows he's great going forward but defensively he can be caught out of position and often you know we concede goals or concede good chances from his side Masuaku as far as I'm concerned should be banned from playing left back <laughs> for West Ham I don't Absolutely. believe under any circumstances he should be allowed to play there he is far better as a wing back and going forward so yeah and with a European hopefully a decent European campaign to come we do need depth and
1: um,
0: left back is definitely in position. Mm. so I don't know much about this guy but supposedly he's quite highly rated um,
1: yeah I think it was one of those sort of wonder kids a few years ago and career's maybe gone a little bit quiet um especially when you go to a club like Barcelona at a young age so much expectation
0: so I mean if the price is right I mean I have to say I completely and utterly trust David Moyes and his transfer Mm. policy given his record recently Um, so yeah we'll see Uh,
1: a couple more one that will please you England midfielder Jesse Lingard has told United manager Solskjaer that he wants to remain with the Red Devils after a spell at West Ham
0: Ooh, so here's the thing, right? So I saw this story yesterday, I think, or earlier today. And I looked into it because I saw it come up on my phone. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but everything that I've seen has suggested that it's a formality right. for, for Lingard to go to West Ham. And I looked at this, and this has come from the sun, apparently. This is the sun who broke
1: this. Oh, OK.
0: And apparently they've quoted no sources. There's been no real official confirmation that this is true. So I don't know whether they're just spinning the pot here. Yeah. Um, but even if he wants to stay at United, um, do United want to keep him? Because I just don't, he is a player that they can offload to make more money I was for someone say, like Sanchez. I, I feel
1: like he was not going to get in the team starting eleven anyway. I feel like he's got a good chance of making the next England squad if he's playing regular football. And I he think won't at United. No, I think that's the only thing that didn't get him to the Euros, the fact that he only joined you halfway through the season.
0: Yeah,
1: If they'd have had a full season at West Ham, I reckon he'd be in that England team. Yeah,
0: and I, I just don't, everything that's come out apparently he, he loves his summer West Ham apparently he's um, West Ham made it very clear to him that they want him to come back mm. and um, you
1: got European football in the end yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so I I would still be very surprised if West Ham don't make a really big push to get him whether or not Maynard not I'd end up accepting whatever bid we make is another question um, but I just, I think he, Lingard, I'm hoping, is intelligent enough to understand that he needs to be playing regular football. Do
2: you think he'd be an idiot to go back to United? I
1: think he would. I be, think he yeah. would.
0: I think whether it's West Ham or somebody else, he must understand that he's just played six months, probably the best football he, collectively he's played in his career over that kind mm. of consistency. He's so close to getting back in the England team as a result of playing for West Ham. Helped us get into Europe. I think he'd be crazy to go back and say... The only reason United. I
1: could see him not going is because United is all he knows. Or
0: they price him out of it.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I know
0: he's only got a year left in his contract. Would United want to risk losing him for nothing next summer?
1: With Pogba. <laughs> With
0: Pogba. <laughs> oh my God! If Pogba goes for a second time for free for nothing yeah, for Man United, yeah. that would we be spent amazing. Twenty
1: million. On it. That's United summed up.
0: Really. Oh God, we were having a go at Barcelona's transfer yeah, yeah, yeah. Um
1: And last one: Juventus and World Cup winning Italy goalkeeper Gianluigi Buffon at forty-three. Is poised to rejoin Palmer 20 years after he left the club.
0: I mean, Palmer is one of those clubs that if they'd have kept their players, they would probably be the biggest team in Italy. Because the team, yeah. the team yeah. they used to have was ridiculous. Um, but they suffered massive um, financial issues. I think they ended up getting, uh, having to know what happened to Rangers. Yeah, I think they got they had demoted a point to Dutchman, and that, went to administration know. and dropped down the leagues. Um, I can't remember if they're back in Syria now. They're or in Syria, They being. are in B, yeah. okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I also read that he wants to try and make the next work, like next year's World Cup <laughs> as, as Italy's third choice keeper. He does I don't think he he knows he's not going to get number one yeah. unless
1: a crisis of injuries. Is he at the Euros? Uh,
0: I would imagine he probably is. If they've got three keepers, yeah. I mean, Donnarama will be is obviously number, number
1: one. Number one. I think they got Sirigu.
0: Yeah, and maybe Buffon's the yeah, third. Uh, maybe he's third. not looked yeah. But yeah, forty-three years old. I mean, this guy's—he must have found the fountain of youth because he just, <laughs> he just keeps playing. Like, I don't know when he's going to stop. God, yeah, um, And he's still, It's not like he's, you know, he's extending his career for the sake of it. He's still doing a job. Yeah, it's not yeah. like he's a really crap goalkeeper that's just. Training I think he off could still
1: name. get into a Premier League team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, it wouldn't be a top one, obviously. No, it'd but, be
1: like a Crystal Palace or something, but I think he could easily get the number one spot like a Crystal Palace. Yeah,
0: so, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing that he continues to carry mm. on. Right,
1: okay, let's um,
0: let's talk about, back to Euro 2020, then. let's talk, it still sounds so weird to say when we're in 2021 yeah. and we're calling it Euro 2020. Um, let's talk about the game that happened earlier today. So we're right up to date at the moment. I love these Euros because mm. you can talk <laughs> about current affairs. Yeah. Uh, Um, let's talk about the other game in England's group Scotland against Czech Republic earlier today now Dan you had a lovely afternoon at my dad's house watching it Um, talk to us what you saw of the two teams and should England be afraid of either of them
1: Uh, yeah definitely I don't think we can take either lightly even though the game finished 2-0 it was very end to end yeah Um, I think I mean Scotland had plenty of chances they got Czech Republic goalkeeper had a great game Um, I feel like Scotland, if they could have restarted that game, they would have made a few changes to the way they started it.
0: Yeah, I feel like... I mean, I had it on while I was working. I feel like they could still be playing in a few days and wouldn't have scored.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like the likes of maybe Che Adams and that probably should have started for them. Um, but he, I think he said he went with loyalty for that Lyndon Dykes because he played well against Czech Republic before. Right. Um, but Czech Republic, I mean, they had a lot of sh- strong, tall players and they kept putting it into the box, like West Ham Sioux constantly putting crosses in yeah um and eventually they paid off and then obviously there was the second goal there <laughs> i mean yeah.
0: outrageous yeah.
1: Goal. And um, one of the uh what someone at the end of the game actually asked that chick did you see the keeper off his line i feel that's a bit of a stupid quote what he just hit it like, <laughs> like, like, Assuming yeah. he did see that he was off his line.
0: yeah just inside their half with nobody around him, he thought, yeah. Let's, yeah it go, let's just have a go. Although, I don't really fancy running, so I'm just going <laughs> to shoot. So no, I, th- I think um, it's a difficult one for Scotland because you know, obviously they do come in as the, the massive underdogs in this group. Um, it's their first tournament for I think it's like sixteen years or something. Um, I felt like the Czech game was there. A real shot in the dark because, on paper at least, the games against England and Croatia are going to be very, very tough for them.
1: Yeah, if they'd
0: got three points against um, Czech Republic, they maybe nick a point against mm. us or Croatia and put themselves in a reasonable chance of going through. But I think now they have to beat one of us or Croatia just yeah. have any
1: chance of going through. Yeah, I said to your dad when we were watching it that both for both teams, this is a must win game, yeah, um, and Scotland looked very nervous to start, um, I don't know if you saw, but Robertson actually sort of went calm down to everybody because they were just so hectic. Yeah. And at two points, two Scotland players ran into each other. I saw that. Ryan Christie sort of dribbled past a couple of players and I don't know who it was, O'Donnell I think it was, yeah. just ran flat out into it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, but no, I mean the goal itself was, a obviously that's going to be a contender for, um,
1: goal for the goal tournament. of the tournament. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, we, we said earlier about the Croatia-Czech game being more of a crunch game do you I can actually see Czech Republic doing Croatia I have to say based on what I saw yeah. today I think physically they, they could dominate Croatia
1: yeah um, and I'm not looking forward to playing them the only good thing about playing Czech Republic is it's our last game so hopefully it'll be done and dusted. we'll have six points by then um, and it'll just be a formality even if we picked up a point from them I think we'd hopefully be able to top the group but um, yeah I think that would be Quite an interesting game between Croatia and Czech Republic because we didn't really see the Croatia that we saw in the World Cup. But as you said, they are an aging team. Yeah, right? um, I mean Modric is not getting any younger. I, I don't think they have Rakitic anymore. I think he's retired. Yeah,
0: um, Perisic is getting on. Mm. Rebic is getting on. Kramaric is getting the on. The
1: goalkeeper they don't have that Subasic anymore. They've got uh, Livkovic who plays for Dynamo Zagreb.
0: Yeah, so. They're an aging team. They're, you know, they're not the, the same team they were in the World Cup. Um, I don't think they had. Did they have? Um, was it Vida? Yeah,
1: he yeah, was he played, uh, played. Yeah, Loveran didn't, play. didn't
0: play. Oh, world, the world's best defender. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you don't have the world's best defender, you're obviously going to struggle. Um, the first, obviously, the first round of group games now are coming to an end. I think the last set is tomorrow with the the group of death yeah. playing tomorrow. Um, Spain and Sweden are currently playing now. Um. Let's talk about the first game of the season now. I spoke last week about how I felt that Italy might be dark horses. Um, Granted, they were playing a Turkish side who, for some reason, looked completely... I don't know if they were out of the piss the night before, (laughs) but they looked absolutely shattered um, to the point where they they substituted the entire midfield in the second half, which you don't see very often. Um, But Italy, to their credit, were pretty good. I mean, it's not often you see an Italian side being so... Forward-thinking, high press, high intensity. Usually, they're quite a defensive orientated team and, mm. and look to counter. So, do you think that you know we're seeing a team that might go deep in this? I'm still not convinced. Why do no? you think
2: they're dark horses?
0: Because I, j- I don't think anyone's really considered them as genuine contenders in this tournament to go deep. Um, they don't concede goals. They're I know they're two defensive, they two centre backs are about 900 years old. <laughs> but they are still very good. They're very solid
1: players. They played well. Um, they did do a high press and, I mean, Turkey just looked absolutely knackered. And when Turkey attacked, they sort of had, I think they played like 4-5-1. And unfortunately, the 36-year-old Yilmaz up front on his own was on his own. He never had anybody around him and he had to sort of settle for taking shots like 30 yards out because he had no support.
0: Yeah, uh, I... I I know what you're saying. I know you're saying you're not convinced because of the fact that they got If I watch
1: them for the next two group games and they play the same and they dominate like they did, then I will agree with you. I just feel like it's a Turkey wasn't a, enough of a test. Yeah, that is what I'm saying. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. Um, I do think, though, from an attacking point of view, they are going to be dangerous. I think you're right in that they've not definitely not been tested defensively yet. They do have an ageing centre-back partnership for sure. So... When they come up against a team with some pace up front, that will be a, a big test. Yeah.
1: Their front three look quite dangerous. Yeah. Uh, Immobile, uh, Insignia and Berardi.
0: Yeah. They and they've still got Bellotti to come on from the yeah. bench, who's
1: decent. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah. And I know that Turkey, for example, that the third goal was very much of their own making, but the way Italy just pounced on that and just mm. devastatingly moved it from one side of the pitch to the other before bending it in the far corner, I thought was quite impressive. So... Yeah, we will, we will definitely keep an eye on those guys. Um, let's talk... Uh, let me look at my notes. Where do we get to? Belgium. Let's talk Belgium. Mm. Perennial underachievers at, at major international tournaments over the last uh, sort of three three tournaments or so. Um, but, you know, they turned out and they put a good performance in without the likes of De Bruyne, Witzel, Hazard, was, or Eden Hazard, I should say, was on the bench because his brother mm, yeah. started the game. Um,
2: is his brother better
1: than him no Eden's just been poor
0: yeah and fat and injured yeah Um, so but yeah again uh, Russia weren't amazing granted then uh, you know they clearly not in front of their own fans like they were in Russia where they're able to uh, you know really actually no I'm lying they were in front of their fans It was in St. Petersburg wasn't it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah
1: was that in Moscow I don't even know I don't, know, yeah. I, no I don't know, my geography's not my strong suit.
0: But um, no, in Russia, India, Russia Russia, unfortunately weren't... No, it was it in Moscow, I said. Oh. Yeah, Russia weren't quite up to the standard. Belgium put them, put them to the sword. And my question to you, Dan, is when you see Lukaku playing like that and you see him <laughs> scoring all those goals, um, I don't know what your thoughts were at the time when Lukaku left, but do you look at him and think, for fuck's sake, he could He be-
2: was shit for United. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't get why everyone was like... Why everyone? Because I only ever watched him at United. I think
1: he is a different player now than he was, because his—I mean, his first touch at United was awful. I mean, he was ridiculed. It made mine look good.
2: He was. I'm saying something. (laughs)
1: Compared to, I didn't. He still scored a lot of goals. Yeah, 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 he did. Um, I just don't think he suited the way Solskjaer likes to play. So when did, was he sold? He was like the first player Solskjaer got rid of.
0: Right, okay. Yeah. That's ballsy to yeah, walk in and yeah, get rid of Lukaku. Yeah. Mm.
1: But I think Lukaku was already on the verge of wanting to go because of how he played under Mourinho. Yeah. Um, and so I think he was already halfway out the door and Solskjaer just opened it for him.
0: Yeah, I mean, he does look deadly. I mean, he's already said that he's not going to be leaving Inter Milan in the uh, in the summer, So, uh, which I'm sure it will please Inter Milan fans to hear that
1: news he's my golden boot winner as well
0: is he? yeah I think well based on what I've seen that's a fair shout Um, I mean, my my pick I think I put Griezmann and obviously they've not played yet they don't play until tomorrow Um, but yeah two goals for him one goal for Meunier Um, do you think there's when we talk about Belgium we've we've often said about this golden generation I'm not sure whether we're still in that for Belgium I don't think it's as good
1: as the last sort of couple of years there's no Fellaini there
0: well, yeah, I mean, that's the golden generation down, <laughs> isn't it? Um, but when you, when you, when you push the, the golden generation tag onto a team, that comes with a certain stigma attached yeah, to it. Yeah, there's a
1: lot more expectation.
0: A lot more expectation. And granted, they finished third at the last World Cup and they did lose to the eventual winners in the semi-final. But I think for me, and I might be being harsh here, so feel free to, to tell me I am, but I feel like if you're being called the golden generation, you've got to make a final.
1: They're number one ranked side in the
0: world, as and well. they're the number one ranked side in the world. So, mm. which I've never quite understood how yeah, that ranking system
1: works. France won the World Cup, but yet Belgium are the best team in the world. Yeah, and they came third, and France beat them in the yeah. World Cup.
0: So, I don't really understand how that works. But yeah, I mean, we remember, of course, the time back in sort of two thousand two, two thousand six, when England had the so-called Golden Generation. Mm. The expectation weighed heavily, and we, you know, massively underachieved, as we know. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I, th- I feel like Belgium, maybe this. This year, is it their year this year because they're not they're not the golden generation anymore? I don't think, yeah. I think that maybe there are a few more more experienced heads in their team, but they have got a few aging players. Marlon,
1: I think, yeah, um, of Ireland, Vertonghen. Vertonghen. I think they'll go far, but I don't think they'll win it.
2: Who did you think will win it?
1: I personally in France will win it,
2: mm. which
0: I think I've got is most Portugal. people's pick
1: yeah is I mean, between me it's Portugal France final to be honest yeah and then one of those two will win it but. Mm.
0: yeah no, I agree I think um, Luka, I don't know I haven't actually seen whether De Bruyne is due back in time yeah. for any games
1: I mean obviously that's a big blow um, they've got Tielemans and Dendonka in midfield at the moment which is nowhere near the likes of De Bruyne and Hazard and stuff like
0: that. No, I mean, I think Telemans is is class. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, Dendonca, yeah. Donker though. Where is
1: where does he play? It's Wolves, isn't it? Donker. Yeah. Yeah. Wolves, Wolves. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I, I think, I think they'll go deep again, um, but I think that to justify their number one spot and the this so-called golden generation, I think they've got to get final this year. Yeah. Um, to be to be classed as a Unless really they're a truly out great team,
1: the eventual winners, I guess, but.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. I suppose I mean you can take some.
1: That's some what England in that. will be taken <laughs> when we get knocked out by France. Like, <laughs> well, we would have got to the final, but
0: um, okay. And then finally, there was a, a cracking game last night between Netherlands and Ukraine. Mm. Um, is I ask you a question: Is Memphis Depay the laziest football player
1: you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad he's not United
2: anymore. <laughs> I, I, the never, fact he's
1: been linked with Barcelona baffles me.
2: He's not actually that good, is he? when he's got
0: the ball at his feet technically he's very good yeah. at and when he wants to run he's also quite
2: he quick doesn't.
1: I think he was quite wasted out on that left wing though I think he probably should be playing as a striker for them
0: I, I'd play him as a number 10 just get, yeah. get the ball to his feet and just let him a bit almost like a pirate yeah. to let him do mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. Um, he's very Apparently good at you're him.
1: being linked with that veg horse though however you say I saw that
0: yeah um, I mean he fits the mould in terms of what the m- Dutch Andy likes. Carroll <laughs> As long as he's not injured as much as him, I don't care. <laughs> um but no, he, he fits the mould of a David Moyes player that's um, you know, strong, works hard, leads the line type approach, and he wants to play that one up front. So six foot six, mm. he's a big boy. Gying, um, yeah. So but no, I think um I think Depay, he needs when he was at United, obviously United were in a in a bad moment anyway. Yeah. And I think he did become a bit of an unfair scapegoat. Granted, he he, he was due his criticism. Don't get me wrong, mm. but I think he was he was scapegoated a little bit um, at United. And I, clearly, the move was good for everyone because he has reinvigorated his career at Leon. But I just yeah, I watch him and I just think well, if I'm a player in your team and I'm watching you just walk around not really chasing down, I must he must be so mm. irritated. You think we're professional football players? Running is a minimum.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holland don't really worry me as a team, to be no. honest. No, they, they do. They look not. very open at the back.
0: They're missing Van Dyke for sure. Yeah, um, yeah that's and a big De
1: didn't play either. Yeah, da- that Van, Van, Van der Beek, De Beek pulled yeah. out.
2: Will Van Dyke be back for the next
1: Yeah, season? he'll be back for the next season. He probably could have made the Euros, but I think he said it wouldn't be fair um, on the team or on Liverpool for him yeah. to go and yeah. play. Um, especially as. The fact that their best centre back's daily blend at the moment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think with with Van Dyke, I mean, when when uh, when any player has been out for as long as he has, inevitably he's going to come back and he's going to tweak a hamstring or he's going to tweak mm. a calf. You know, these little niggly injuries, and once he gets back into it, so I think going and trying to play in a, in a European finals, I think would have been a mistake. So I definitely think he's made the right call. Mm. Um, but yeah, the game they got themselves two nil up. Um, Ukraine gave as good as they got. I mean, it was quite an end to end game.
1: Um, the Ukrainian goalkeeper was very poor.
0: Yeah, you messaged me and you said he was at fault for three goals. I thought that was quite harsh. I think the second goal, I think, is
1: a bit harsh Way on the keeper. Yeah, the first and third. First
0: and third. Th- certainly the third. Mm. I think the third one was dreadful. Yeah. Um, the first one, I think, that he just he was so unaware
1: of his surroundings. Which one? Was it the first when he parried it straight to Wijnaldum?
0: Yeah, because he went to come out and block a cross that was yeah, on the ground. I feel
1: like he, he probably could have caught it. I think he's gone for a camera save.
0: Um, well, yeah, and I, I don't... There was nobody around him. And the ball wasn't travelling that fast. No. So I do think he could have, even with the one hand, he could have just sort of used a bit of soft hands yeah. technique and just held the ball still. And if you don't
1: catch it, you don't push <laughs> it straight back out in front of goal. No. You sort of push it to the side. Um, I mean, it's a hell of a finish from Wijnaldum. Oh, yeah, it's a great, it's a great goal. Um, I just felt, I don't know, I felt like he was the weak link for Ukraine because they did so well to get back into that game. Yeah. And then that third goal just absolutely stitched him.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a it looked like he was one of those ones where you see on a Sunday afternoon mm. where the keeper goes down a bit too early doesn't judge the bounce and then as he's falling the ball's going up yeah. and he just can't adjust himself so yeah it was gutted I mean another goal goal of the uh, tournament contender from uh, Andre Yarmolenko she doesn't do that for West
1: Ham they um, obviously had not watched him before the game I feel like everybody knows don't let him onto his well, it's back, like Iron so. oh, Robin isn't <laughs> just do not
0: show him inside yeah um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic goal, and it's a shame that that comeback didn't mean anything
1: because yeah. they did so well
0: to get back in the game, and then yeah, that third. And they were
1: on the front foot as well. Holland were pegged back after that.
0: So, but no, as you say, I, I I look I looked at that Holland team, and I thought, you know, they, they did okay, but I yeah, I don't think they're going to go massively deep no. in this competition from no. what I've just seen. Um, and who else is in their group? Is that the group with Macedonia and and Austria? And Austria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would expect them to come They'll through. They'll go
1: through. through. I mean can't see Macedonia getting the third spot I and mean, no. even if they do I mean they're probably not going to be one of those four out of six teams no. are they
0: I can see Austria maybe causing Netherlands some problems though yeah, some yeah. Good attacking players yeah um, and even Iron Outreach didn't even start but he came off the bench and scored um, although apparently
1: they struggled again uh, that's the only game I haven't watched so far is the Macedonia one but apparently they struggled against them
0: so Macedonia came out and they, they were very very positive given mm. that um, Goran Pandev I mean, I remember back in about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I used to sign him on Football Manager because he was all... I think he was Inter Milan at the time, and he was he was basically the only player that you'd ever heard of. You didn't even know Macedonia was a country, but you did because you bought Pandev on Football Manager. Um,
1: They've got a great flag.
0: They have got a fantastic flag. And I think the only time I've ever seen... I actually saw Macedonia live when I was... When I say that... 12 or 13, we had a with the local football team with Way Valley. We had a um, we got free tickets to an England game between oh, England, okay. Macedonia at St Mary's in Southampton.
1: They'd given them
0: away pretty much. I think they, <laughs> obviously knew, they obviously knew it wasn't going to be a full hour, so they were just giving tickets away. And um, yeah, David Seaman got lobbed from, directly from a corner. That was just after I'm pretty sure that was just after the 2002 World Cup mm. when he got lobbed from Ronaldinho and then he got lobbed directly from a corner. So yeah. Um, <laughs> I think we do two all that game. I think Beckham scored a really good free kick. But anyway, I digress. So Pandev, 39 years old, I think he is. Um, his, his hairline is taken a dramatic transformation, <laughs> which is amazing to see. The greatest comeback of, uh, of the Euro so far. Um, and they played really well. They were very positive. They deserved their goal. And then I think they just ran out of steam a little bit towards the end. And um, Austria made a couple of changes and brought on some attacking players that just took them over the edge, mm. and I think the third goal that Arnautovic scored was just a bit of Macedonia pushing up to try and get, a new try guy and get and any guys and just court. got caught. So I, th- I can see Macedonia causing headaches, but I'm, yeah, I don't think they'll, they'll beat anybody, frankly. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a massive achievement for a small country like them to yeah, get just to, to, to be European there.
1: I think is uh, an achievement in itself, isn't it? Yeah.
0: So right, okay. Uh, well, as we come towards the end of the show, then we'll uh, go back to Dan Stack.
1: Down the stat man so again Jude Bellingham became the youngest ever player to appear in a European championship final for any nation can you tell me who the previous record holder was um it's not an English player
0: not English how far back are we talking 2012 2012. Euro 2012. (laughs)
1: 2012 I can give you a clue I can either give you the nation or I can give you the player's name and you tell me the nation no, let's go nation. So the nation is Netherlands. Netherlands.
0: 2012, so what, that's nine years ago. Uh,
1: Van Arnholt? No. That position, though, I believe.
0: It won't be Van Broncours because that would be too no, old. yeah. Um, oh, it's not Royston Drenthe, is it? No. Okay. Oh, I was really confident with that. <laughs> So, left back.
1: Yeah, I believe he's a left back. Definitely a defender. I'm fairly certain has he's a left played, back. Has he played Premier League football? Mm, maybe he might have been at Newcastle. I could be wrong. No, go on. You have to tell me this one. Jethro Willems. Jetro Willems, yeah, he did play Newcastle. No.
0: You're right. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have been here all night trying to guess that one, I'll be <laughs> honest.
1: <laughs> he was 18 years old when he represented the Netherlands at Euro 2012.
0: Wow. Um, I, I, I must admit, I'm quite... Pleased that Southgate put Bellingham on.
1: Yeah, because yeah. it'll be
0: very easy given his age to not play him. But even though he only got what five, ten minutes at the end or wherever it was, he still put himself about. Mm. He's not afraid of a tackle. Yeah. Um. And and another player because he plays central midfield. It's another reason why Henderson is probably looking at this thinking, "Am I getting back in this team?"
1: Yeah. I personally, I wouldn't put Henderson um in the team at all. Maybe give him like I said some match time uh, against um, Czech Republic if we've won against Scotland as well, but. I, I wouldn't be trying to get him back in that team.
0: It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because you, you, you could take the argument and say, well, let's give some people some match time against Czech Republic, but equally you could say, well, we're riding a crest here, we're riding a wave, let's keep riding it.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, you don't want any injuries and stuff, do you? You don't want to you know, lose Harry Kane or something in the Czech Republic game when mm-hmm. we're going into a qualifier. Um, uh, knockout game sorry
0: indeed right okay well uh, that brings us to the end of the show so just as a reminder we will be live on Friday it will be all over our social media as you might expect um, if you haven't followed us on or subscribed to us on YouTube please please do so it would be great um, obviously all of our podcasts are going to go on there so if that is your preferred medium then do feel free to listen on there um, and we will see you on Friday we, we'll I've not really entirely worked out exactly how the setup was going to be in, in the house yet but we'll work it out
1: whatever your missus tells
0: you yeah man. whatever I'm told <laughs> to, yeah.
2: Um,
0: so yeah it should be good we'll, yeah. we'll be chilling out with a drink or two so do come and join us Dan will us. be
2: on the Pepsi I will be on the Pepsi
0: <laughs> no don't be a melt not
1: bloody drinking not
0: <laughs> well you don't have to go mad I'm not Joe Morton
1: <laughs> excellent right yes.
0: well thank you very much everybody we will see you all next week
2: bye bye
1: I'll probably have recovered by (laughs) then.